and we're back with the show. And back with the fantasy football Peter podcast. Once again, it is Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. But it certainly wouldn't be a spooky fantasy football Patriot podcast without the fantasy football guru. <laughs> he is the main man at the fantasy football Patriot podcast Facebook group. You just sign up. It's that easy. And you'll get all the information that everybody's out there dishing out on the Facebook group in regards to waiver wire pickups, trades, a lot of things going on in who you need to pick up for your bye weeks and so much more. Plus, you get all the latest information on all of our episodes as well. It is my good friend, the man who is, I guess, got some scary scores this weekend. It is Mr. Tyler Baker. What's going on, my friend? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? Trying to make sure that everybody out there has a safe and happy yeah. Halloween. Yes, absolutely tell you what though it is still a great time to be a football fan we're just starting to get really into it now baseball is finito it's done Mm -hmm. and now it's just a lot of our attention now focuses on the nfl entirely one less distraction out there Mm -hmm. things are going great right now for a lot of teams in the nfl if you're a saints fan if you're a patriots fan things are really looking good for you if you're a rams fan but not quite a Packers fan, even though basically it was a home game again in Los Angeles, if you got a chance to check that game out. So I ask my friend, there's a lot of things going on for fantasy owners. Another week is coming up upon us that people have to make a lot of adjustments and think about what they're going to do because another serious bye week is here in the NFL. There were definitely interesting things that happened. I I think probably the biggest one was Jameis Winston putting up those Nate Peterman numbers <laughs> there in Cincinnati, getting benched. And wouldn't you know, just in time for Halloween, we get some Fitz magic. So Fitz, the Fitz magic is back. The Fitz magic is back. Trick or treat. We don't know yet. But I don't think they bench Fitzpatrick going into next week. Jameis Winston, just four picks. The last one was a pick six. They finally yanked him. Fitzpatrick comes in 11 for 15, 194 yards and two touchdowns. Brings them right to the brink of coming back in that game. And Cincinnati kicks a last second field goal. So, yeah, Fitzmagic is back. And you know what? I fought it for the early part of the season because we knew Winston was coming back. And we know what we have in Fitzpatrick. But now we really know what we have in Jameis Winston. And it is bad. Coming off of the bye week, he drops an absolute stinker, gets yanked. And then Fitzpatrick comes in. And he's the spark that that team needs. And remember this week, Deshaun Jackson was requesting a trade. Well, he had an okay to date. Now his touchdown did come from Winston, but what we definitely learned is that Ronald Jones, the second is not going to come in and take over this backfield. I thought maybe after the bye, you know, they would kind of regroup and come out, but Peyton Barber was definitely the number one back here. So, Hey, you know, as far as Tampa Bay is concerned, they're not looking too good in the standings, but I'll tell you the Fitz magic is back. And this leads into a larger question here that I want to talk about when it comes to the future of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm-hmm. They'll probably be looking for a quarterback. Fitzpatrick is a little bit on the older side, even if he is successful for the rest of the season. 
it's still something that they probably have to look at. I'm sure they're probably not thinking about Fitzpatrick as a long-term solution. Does this mean it's going to be the end of Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay? Unless there's an injury that happens, do you see Jameis Winston actually getting the ball back as a starting quarterback in the Tampa Bay system? Or do you see him having to go elsewhere and trying to resurrect his career somewhere else? Yeah, as far as this season, you know what? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to do on a week-to-week basis what they think that they need to do to win. And we've seen bad Fitzpatrick before. I mean... (laughs) Well, he only had one bad half. And all it took was one bad half for him to get pulled because that was a very short lease. Even after the fact that he had three straight 400-yard games, had his jersey sent to the Hall of Fame, had one bad (laughs) half, and out he went. But they were committed to Jameis Winston at the beginning of the season. Their future at least from what we know, is in Jameis Winston. Maybe they need to just sit Winston on the bench, work on some things, maybe work on some things in practice. Keep in mind, he's still a young quarterback. As far as long-term, I don't think that they're going to give up on Jameis Winston. In the short term, how do you bench Fitzmagic? I mean, I think if you take Fitzpatrick out of the starting lineup, you, you, you lose the locker room at this point, especially coming in and doing a pretty awesome comeback, even though they didn't win the game. He, he put them back into that game. How do you bench him? Maybe if Dirk Cutter loses his job, then they just scrap the whole thing and start over again. I don't know, but how do you bench him? You've already got a receiver asking for a trade, and now they have a spark at quarterback. How do you put him on the bench? And Deshaun Jackson actually loves to play with Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick. In fact, he was the one early on in the Fitzmagic era yeah. earlier this season that dressed him up, <laughs> yeah. the beard and the clothes and all that. This might get him to want to stay for at least the rest of the season and, and going forward because he does have that kinship with mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. What does that mean, though, in a larger detail for fantasy football owners? Should they start thinking about reclaiming Ryan Fitzpatrick again off the waiver wire? Because I know a lot of teams dumped him yes. as soon as the fact that he became a which backup. Which was a good move, which, which was absolutely a good move because, well, you and I talked about it. There was going to be a very short leash, and they gave him that short leash. Wait, Jameis Winston is their guy. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> Jameis Winston stunk it up today. And so now what I think you're going to see is you're going to see a leash on Fitzpatrick, but I think it's going to be a much longer leash. So as far as you know, going and picking him up, if you're hurting at quarterback, sure, because there are some weapons on that offense we've already seen at the beginning of the season. He knows how to use those weapons on the offense. I think Fitzpatrick is a viable waiver wire option now. We, we had a lot of ideas on quarterbacks that you could pick up that should be or might be on the waiver wire. Definitely Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. He, by all intents and purposes, should be on your waiver wire, and you should be making that claim as soon as possible if you know you need a quarterback in the coming weeks because of the buy schedule. Yeah, I, I think he's going to probably be the, be, be the biggest waiver wire pickup this week. So there were other great games this weekend in the NFL. I know you were targeting the Green Bay home game that they had extra in Los Angeles. There was also the great matchup between Minnesota and New Orleans. Tell me a little bit more about those games and what you were looking at if you're a fantasy football owner. Well, we saw that the Rams have a good defense, which not not a huge surprise. But we when you can hold Aaron Rodgers under 300 yards and only one touchdown, 
that's a pretty good day for your defense. Green Bay fell a little short in this game, even though they had basically a home crowd. And even the network commentators kept commenting about it. On LA's side, you know what? Todd Gurley's going to do Todd Gurley stuff. 114 yards on the ground, 81 in the air, got a receiving touchdown. Kind of a fantasy surprise, uh, Josh Reynolds, with Cooper Cup being out, Josh Reynolds comes in, catches a couple touchdowns, which just continues the murky, the waters there between who you play, Cooks, Woods, Cup, now Reynolds. I think Reynolds is fantasy relevant for as long as Cooper Cup's out, and that's about it. But, you know, every week you're playing your Rams, you're playing your Packers. There was a Randall Cobb sighting today, so he's back in the mix there. Four for 40, not super exciting. But still seeing a lot of work from Marquez Valdez-Scanling, which is the rookie out of their three rookies that they got in the draft, the rookie that's kind of presenting himself as a as a viable fantasy option. Geronimo Allison, back off of injury, kind of quiet in this game. And, of course, leading the way, Devontae Adams. He's so good. He and Rodgers are on the same page, five receptions, 133 yards. And I think at some point in the playoffs, you're probably going to see these two teams meet. In New Orleans, Minnesota, you know what? That Saints defense with the addition of Eli Apple, I think is going to help them to continue to improve. They held Minnesota to 20 points, got earned a pick six off of Kirk Cousins. So you, now the Saints defense is still vulnerable through the air, but you're seeing them get a little bit better, which is kind of reminiscent of what they did two years ago. They started out as complete hot garbage and managed to, you know, kind of work themselves into form a little bit. Minnesota, I mean, Adam Thielen, another 100-yard game. The dude's going to break the record for consecutive 100-yard games. They're going to give it to him. But I'm really looking forward to getting Dalvin Cook back. When Dalvin Cook gets back into this, this offense, I think it's a different type of game had he played. We'll be right back with more of the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. Once again, this is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast, along with me, Gerald Glassford. You got to check out our shows, the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Each and every week we do them. That's going to be available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other outlets on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. My friend, did you get a chance to get wind of what was going on in, in Oakland, continuing the pain in the Gruden era where you had some things went on when it looks like Oakland was putting out a nice game. Then something happened along the way in the fourth quarter that really started to get people interested long-term as far as some options for fantasy football owners out there when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm just looking at the stat line and of course, Marlon Mack. And we've talked about for, for this whole season, just 
just a really murky situation that backfield is. Well, Marlon Mack is he is the running back now. You will see Naheem Hines come in and uh, and uh, get some work in the passing game, but it's Marlon Mack's backfield, and they are using him, and he's he's performing pretty well. Jack Doyle, it was good to have him back. This is the first game he's played, I think, since week one. Six receptions, seventy yards, and a touchdown. But tell me what's going on. Well, what's going on is that Oakland seemed to control most of the game had a nice lead set out for themselves. Everything was fine heading into the fourth quarter when they gave up the last 21 to points in the fourth quarter to get that. And unfortunately, the Gruden era continues Ooh, on a oh, bad that's note. Brutal. So, yeah, that's it's brutal. That's like lose the locker room brutal. I mean... And- and, and the thing is, they weren't really outgained by a whole lot. Yes, Marlon Mack had a great game. But overall, in the passing situation, they came to kind of like a stalemate between Andrew Luck and also Derek Carr, both throwing for three touchdowns and zero interceptions. Nice games by both of them. But at some point in time, we have to realize that it's just not working in Oakland, and it doesn't look like it's going to be working anytime soon. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think Gruden's probably set his clock forward to the draft. It looks like he did. It looks like he did because anything he's Checked doing out. now, yeah, he's he's checking out. And, and unfortunately, he doesn't really have a lot of options as far as the offense, his weapons. I mean, 250 yards almost yeah. for Derek Carr. I think that's the best you're going to get because the weapons that he has right now are really undervalued and underserved to the point where it's just really not going to scare any defenses. So, I give credit to Derek Carr, even though he's had a really rough week with people thinking that he was the source of all the angst after the Amari Cooper trade and locker room didn't like him and whatnot. So it looks like that Derek Carr can still salvage a decent season for fantasy owners who have him on their roster. I mean, this is an opportunity for him to work through adversity. And uh, John Gruden has really dissected this team. And there was a report that came out in in the Atlantic talking about, I think it was the Atlantic, that was talking about how the locker room was really upset with Gruden because he kept saying, oh, you know, Amari's our guy, Amari's here to stay. And then without telling anybody on the team, they just shipped him off for a first round pick and how some of the players just did not react well with that. There has been some rumblings about Derek Carr. So this is an opportunity with the not, I, I mean, when your number one, you know, receiving threat is Jared Cook and Jalen Richard out of the backfield, you've got problems. I mean, it, it, but I mean, this is all John Gruden's doing. He decided he wanted to go out and get Jordy Nelson. He's decided that Martavius Bryant was worth talking up this week. Come on, give me a break. I mean, this season is a wash. And if Derek Carr can gut it out, then, you know, maybe he can earn the respect of his teammates. But as far as fantasy, there ain't no way I'm going near Derek Carr any and you know what he I, I mean today's numbers 244 and three touchdowns for fantasy you'll take it and his completion percentage you know 75 percent of his passes that's pretty good but are you ever going to feel good about playing him maybe in some of these bye week situations and I have no doubt that Derek Carr is available probably on a lot of waiver wires you know so maybe maybe if you're desperate going and picking him up but yeah, that Oakland team, it looks bad. But we did see a coaching change in Arizona this week. Byron Leftwich took over for Mike McCoy, who got fired. And Leftwich 
learned under Bruce Arians and, you know, said he was going to kind of get back to that. A little bit more production out of David Johnson. I think that's going to continue to increase as game scripts provide. But what we did see, the old man, Larry Fitzgerald, 12 targets, eight receptions, 102 yards and a touchdown. It's so good to see Larry Fitzgerald back at the top of that pecking order there and good things happened and they ended up getting a win against San Francisco. So moving forward, whereas Larry Fitzgerald had been discarded in on a lot of fantasy teams, if not to the waiver wire, definitely to the bench. I think moving forward, you've got to understand that there was a coaching change. They're getting back to what has worked with them in the past. And it looks like that that's going to spell good things for Larry Fitzgerald. Somebody else that is continually looking good that we weren't expecting was in Pittsburgh with another outstanding performance from James mm-hmm. Conner. And I'm telling you, my friend, even though Le'Veon Bill is still <laughs> lurking around somewhere in yeah. Pittsburgh, supposedly going to check in at any point in time in the near future. At this point, can you ask yourself, do you really need him? And <laughs> what is it going to take for Le'Veon Bell to get any time with this tremendous season that we've seen so far from James Conner? Yeah, that's going to be a fantasy headache when he comes back. But I'll tell you, I have a lot of family members that are Steelers fans. I have a lot of friends that are Steelers fans. And there's a resounding Le'Veon who? Like James Conner has been doing some really, really good things on the ground and in the passing game. I don't know a single Steelers fan that is on the edge of their seat waiting for Le'Veon Bell to come back. No. And for fantasy purposes, it's going to be difficult when he comes back. How are they going to use him? I still think when he comes back, it's going to be a split. And uh, for a couple of reasons, one, you need Bell to get back into football shape and that no matter how good his conditioning, and he's a veteran, so his conditioning should be good. But no matter how conditioned he is, when you come back, you still have to have a game or two to kind of get back into you know, full speed football shape. So there's going to be probably two weeks of that. Then after that, I think it's still going to be a split though, because Connor is, is doing some really good things between the tackles. He's the future at running back there. So it's going to be a fantasy headache. It really is. I am beginning to think something a little bit different. I think when Mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell comes back, I actually don't think he's going to get the ball very much at all unless it's due to injury or situational purposes. I think that the whole team is now solidly behind James Conner. And while they'd be kind of happy to see Le'Veon Bell back, there's also a situation where they could feel like he abandoned them, thought of Mm -hmm. himself, was very selfish about it. I mean, that type of situation happens sometimes in in these holdout situations. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not saying that's not the case, but that could Mm -hmm. happen and it could lead to a lot of dissension if he gets a lot of playing time ahead of the very deserving James Conner. Well, you said it. He's he's very deserving. He's uh, deserving in that he has earned he's he's earned that role. It's not like Le'Veon Bell, so we got to play this scrub. No, he's earned his spot as the future at the running back position there. And you know what? They're atop of the AFC North, you know, in a couple of weeks when Bell comes back, where are they going to be? But at the end of the day, every single team is going to do whatever they think is best to win football games. Le'Veon Bell is a better runner, especially in the open field, than James Conner is, period. In the passing game, Le'Veon Bell is a better receiving back. So I think that they're going to have plays where they know Bell's 
athleticism is going to shine. And they're going to have some plays where they just want James Conner to go out and do what he's been doing and hit it hard up the middle. So I think it's going to be kind of a passing back, short yardage back type of situation. Even though both of those guys can do both, I would imagine that's how it would carve up. But we'll just have to see. I mean, there's there's so many more questions and answers. And I don't even think Mike Tomlin knows what he's going to do when Le'Veon Bell gets back. So we, both of those guys are going to have value. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Well, it's that time of the season, my friend. But way under the radar, almost like a ghost that comes and just, just sits into the cemetery and just floats very carefully out of vision from everybody until the right time and right opportunity. The Carolina Panthers are sneaking yeah. up on everyone just like a really good horror flick. They're ready to jump out and scare everybody because they did so today over the Ravens. They scared them plenty. And it took a great performance by Cam Newton. Do you see this to where people are really starting to think that the Carolina Panthers are some players and a team as a whole that people need to be worried about going forward? I'll tell you, going up against Baltimore, I did not expect this from Carolina. But Cam Newton is going to win people championships this year. He has a really good schedule in the fantasy playoffs. And he's playing really, really good football. He's been... You know, pretty good through the air, but what he brings in the ground game, he is their goal line back. I mean, I mean, he's running it, you know, between eight and 12 times a game, and he's going to get you, you know, 50, 60, 70 yards on the ground, probably a touchdown on the ground. He is absolutely going to win some people some championships, and he likes throwing to DJ Moore. That seems to be the guy, and Moore had five for 90. That seems like the guy that Cam is comfortable going to. He led the team, well, he tied with Christian McCaffrey for the lead in targets. So whereas, you know, a month ago, I thought it was going to be Curtis Samuel that was going to, you know, come out and start having a breakout. That's not where Cam feels most comfortable. It's DJ Moore. So he might be worth a look for fantasy teams. I think he's a wide receiver four maybe. But Cam Newton, if there's any way, because the trade deadline for fantasy is, depending on your league, is, is the next week or two. If you can pull off a trade for Cam Newton, just keep in mind, he is going to have a really good schedule in the fantasy playoffs. Well, he's done me a lot of good, I can tell you that right now, because he <laughs> scared up a few wins for me, including this past weekend. So I am indebted to him once again. Just a great job he's doing so far. And back mm -hmm. to the MVP level type deal mm. that we've thought of him for so long now. And he'll be under the consideration not only for the, the NFL MVP, but at the end of the season, the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast MVP Ooh. as well. So that's yeah. throwing this out there for you, my friend. I mean, you got to have those MVPs that you look back on. So. Yeah, as, as much as I like him, and like I said, I really like his fantasy playoff schedule. Well, hold on, hold right, on. I mean, right like, now, for me, the front runner is definitely Mahomes. Wow, well, hold on, hold on. That's not, you know, it's just still plenty of time left. Yeah. That's, not, that's not, you know, let's not go into detail too yet, because I know Patrick Mahomes is literally one of the best fantasy producers that are out there, if not the best. So he is right now one of the leading candidates that are out there, if not the leading candidate. He mm -hmm. had another great game this weekend in Denver, which in a game that for a lot of fantasy owners really was something very special to see on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and 
<laughs> Sammy Watkins, would you believe I benched him? I'm I'm in a dynasty league and I have Sammy Watkins and he's just been just not there, you know. Of course I bench him in this week, eight receptions, 170 yards and two touchdowns or 107 yards and two touchdowns. But Mahomes, you know, passing for over 300 yards, four touchdowns, didn't do anything good in the running game. Kareem Hunt you know, is still putting up solid numbers. And Travis Kelsey has got to be the best tight end in fantasy right now. You, you, if you have either Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz, you're talking about, you know, really consistent numbers and really good numbers. Not Jared Cook? <laughs> Not Jared Cook, <laughs> no. I know how no. much you loved his play over the years, as we've oh, mentioned man. several times on this podcast. So I was just trying to throw that in on there, see what you thought. Uh, although he, you know, Jared Cook's done me real well this year, but you know, need I sure. digress? Yeah, I digress. Sure, but, he he is he is the best offensive weapon on the worst offense in the NFL. Well, there you go. There you go. See? It does me good already. Every team has some fantasy value somewhere. Sure. Yes. 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 They do. We'll be right back with more of the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Every week on the Podcast Radio Network and Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, it is Tyler Baker for the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. You got to check out his podcast each and every week and maybe some extras from time to time each and every week on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and over 30 different podcast outlets. My friend, any last thoughts on the way out before we get to the nitty-gritty on this Halloween episode of the Fantasy Football Hater Podcast? <laughs> Just look ahead in your schedule. Make sure you don't have any bye week issues coming up. If you have any questions about your lineup, you can go to the Facebook group, ask questions. Yeah, we, we are starting to really see who these teams are. We're seeing where some teams are improving and some are just falling off the cliff. Nick Chubb did okay today. You know, he did, it wasn't eye-popping numbers, but that's going to continue to get better. So, well, he was playing against a defense that I think is really starting to know exactly who up a lot and of, where yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah. So I was not expecting a whole lot from him this week. You know, Pittsburgh's one of those teams that just keeps getting better. Last week, we, we talked about the Seahawks and how they seem to get better. And a surprise there, David Moore looks like he is in line to get some uh, receiving work there. Now, Russell Wilson only threw the ball 17 times, but four of those were to Moore for 97 yards and a touchdown. Doug Baldwin was suspiciously quiet in this game. So if Doug Baldwin is not back up to health, you're looking at David Moore. And also Ed Dixon came back from injury this week. He's their tight end. Dixon got a lot of work. Remember, Seattle's had 
a couple of injuries at the tight end position. Ed Dixon's healthy. He only had two targets, but he turned those into two receptions, 54 yards and a touchdown. So I'm, I'm expecting the Seahawks to get better, and I'm expecting them to win more games. And, and doubling up on Detroit Lions 28-14 is certainly a good step in that direction. And Chris Carson, full-time runner. 25 carries, 105 yards, and touchdown. So I think we're going to see some treats moving forward in Seattle. And if I had to pick a trick offense, you know what? I think it would have to be the Jets. I think the Jets are are miserably terrible. Their defense can, you know, do some good things. But, you know, Isaiah Crowell, (laughs) 13 rushes, 25 yards. And this is after Blah Powell hurt his neck and is on IR looking like he might, you know, Coyle might be the guy, but keep in mind that Elijah McGuire is going to be coming back at some point in the future. So yeah. Happy Halloween. Trick or treat for me is the trick is in Buffalo still with our friend, Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Yes, you're right. You're right. There are, there are some garbage bags out there. There, 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 there are definitely some trash bag teams, to, you know, we're, we're, we're picking on Oakland. We're picking on the bills. We're picking on the jets. Yeah. Although that San Francisco, Arizona. Game. Yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. That San Francisco and Arizona yeah. game. That was not what you would call a barn burner as well. <laughs> no. I probably am going to go back and watch it, though, because I do want to see how Arizona looks under Byron Leftwich. I mean, Mike McCoy has proven himself to be a terrible offensive coordinator, a bad manager of talent. And now that uh, Leftwich is in there, I mean, we saw what it did for Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald's also healthy again, so that has a lot to do with it. So Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and David Johnson could actually be on kind of a bad team, could actually be solid fantasy plays moving forward. Although 18 points as a whole, it's not a great start. As you and I both say, a win is a win. A win is a win, my friend. Yes. There you go. There you go. One last thing before we head on out. Just got to ask you, my friend, since the theme of Halloween and what we're doing here at the Pop Culture Cosmos is all about the horror movie genre, my friend. Yeah. I got to hear yours, my friend. Your thoughts on things that have scared you really got your attention over the years when it comes to the horror movie genre. When I was a kid, (laughs) going and watching Alien. Now, my mom didn't know that Alien was going to be as spooky as it was. But let me tell you, that movie scared the crap out of me when the thing jumped on the guy's face and then and then a little while later in the movie you have an alien presenting itself out of a man's abdomen i think that that was scary and scarring (laughs) at the same time um and then um i know this might sound kind of dumb but silence of the lambs for me was a really spooky movie Almost as scary as watching Nathan Peterman throw to the other team so many times during the day, or almost as horrifying as a John Gruden offense. Oh, nice. Well, you know, uh, I think Jameis Winston is going to go trick-or-treating as Nate Peterman (laughs) this year. Seems like that could be the case. (laughs) He had his Nate Peterman mask on for sure. It looked like it indeed. Once again, it is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast. My friend, it's so great to have you on the show this Halloween. Again, to everybody out there, make sure you stay in tune to our show, but also stay in tune to your leagues because it is bye weeks coming up. We're going to go ahead and update you on that this weekend on the Friday show, or we'll have an extra depending on time constraints and whatnot. 
We're going to make sure that you are updated on what's going on with it again, another heavy bye week in the NFL. So please stay in tune with our show, the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. But as always, my friend, just so great having you on the show. Great having you a part of the program. Happy Halloween and a safe Halloween to everybody out there. And any last thoughts on the way out? No, man, I, it's it's great being on the show. I love what you guys do. It's good to be a part of it. Happy Halloween, my friend, and just have a safe one as well. Thank you. You too. And thanks again for being part of the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Hmm. <laughs>